0: Welcome to the No Pun Included podcast, the only board game podcast in the world that's endorsed by the president.
1: Which president? President what the, of what?
0: President of England, obviously. Oh,
1: pres- <laughs> not the president of, like, the cheese fan club.
0: No, yeah, we're in England, so the president of England, you know? I see. Why would any other president matter right now?
1: I thought you meant, like, president, like the cheese.
0: They are known as the big cheese.
1: This isn't the cheese episode, though. That was last episode. I just realised that.
0: Yeah, missed trick. There, I know we? we
1: really did. We really did.
0: <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about one game and one game only.
1: Which game is that, Efka?
0: That game is Sleeping Gods.
1: I mean, I knew that. That would that would be really bad if I didn't know which game we were talking about.
0: I I, I knew you knew that. Going you came prepared. This. You have a notebook. I do you have a, have a pen. I
1: do. You even have
0: some notes on it.
1: Oh, it's just the, my podcast list so okay. that we know what number we're on. And What stuff. number are we? 21.
0: Oh, good. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, I knew that because you came prepared <laughs> and you told me before we started that this is podcast number 21. We haven't been on in a while and that's because we've been working on reviewing one game and, and one, one game, game only. only. And that game is Sleeping Gods and not only... I'm
1: getting some deja vu. <laughs> I know. Not
0: only have we already reviewed it on our channel, but we're doing... Yet another review of Sleeping Gods right here, right now. Is this going to be a different verdict? No, it's just, it's just no. M- a, more, a more broader conversation of...
1: Because uh, we wanted to talk about it more.
0: If you haven't watched that video on Sleeping Gods, I highly recommend you set aside about 55 minutes uh, of your day and just uh, grab a bowl of popcorn, sit down, oh. enjoy yourself. Uh, watch a good video. Well, you
1: could do the washing up or something while you're doing it. If you can hear soft grunts, by the way, that's not me. That's the dog under the table.
0: It sounds like someone's doing exercises. <laughs> um, I don't know if they're coming through the microphones or not.
1: No, I just thought I'd, I'd throw that warning out there.
0: Yeah, so we took a very particular angle with our review of Sleeping Gods, and that angle was quite exhaustive, and we delved into a lot of things. We delved into the history of narrative choice games, starting all the way with... Tomb of Horrors uh, all the way back in the 70s, Mm -hmm. and we looked at how this particular module for Dungeons & Dragons influenced things uh, going forward, uh, and some of the negative tropes that have emerged in tabletop gaming, that's sort of, uh, I think the thesis of the video is that it stems from that, Mm -hmm. and then we analyzed how that leads all the way into survival exploration, narrative choice games and yes. board games, such as Seventh Continent and Tainted Grail.
1: Or Seventh Condiment, as you <laughs> wanted to call it and forgot.
0: Why that joke is funny is, is something the viewers are going to have to fo- yes. go find out for themselves if they go watch the video. Uh, but Sleeping Gods basically is a game in the genre of free. Uh, there's Seven Continent, uh, Tainted Grail and Sleeping Gods now. Mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. We took an exhaustive look at that sort of like uh, narrative choice history. What we're going to do here is more of a regular board game review. So if you're interested in mechanisms, if you're interested in how they differ to similar games or how they're unique or how they're just better in our opinion, this is going to be that. But also we're going to be going into some spoiler territory later in this episode. We're going to mark that point very clearly so if you're like oh no I don't want to know anything about like
1: the stuff the stuff yeah Uh
0: that that's that's going to be very very clearly marked as from now on here be spoilers Mm -hmm.
1: yeah you've had a lot of good responses I think from that that video mostly it was very interesting when you kind of pitched the concept to me and you started reading out the script yes um for like editing purposes Um, I thought that was an incredibly interesting topic to cover because in a lot of things in in life and in board games I guess as an aside you have groundwork that is done that isn't necessarily amazing groundwork but it kind of sparks all of this other stuff and that other stuff learns and grows and gets better.
0: I just wanted to take a sort of a, you know, like broader look because I think a lot of these things aren't established mm. and I, I took incredible liberties with the length of that video and the actual point uh, where the discussion on Sleeping Gods starts mm. because I think, I think in total our coverage of Sleeping Gods is something like 15 minutes out of, yeah. out of, out of those 55 minutes in the video and I, I knew it was a rather indulgent decision yes uh and and I try to make it as interesting as possible so so if you're a little bit dubious about watching a review of a game that's only 15 minutes long but actually 55 minutes long, <laughs> I, then know that I did everything possible to make it uh something that's um educational and entertaining at the same time yeah, I think and you and that. if 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 you're looking to learn some things that maybe you haven't known then mm-hmm. that video is definitely for you
1: yeah if you're interested in the background behind. Those kinds of games, and where they originated and how they originated, I think that's a very interesting topic
0: saying that this is a bit of a unique moment for us, like reviewing a game twice and also having the foreknowledge of the response uh, to the first review right and some of the some of the comments I think were particularly interesting now because we touched on i don't want I don't want to call them sensitive subjects because I don't think there's anything sensitive about inclusivity or you know like. Talking about how, how naff the writing was in terms of how it treated women in, sure. in terms of okay. uh, in the history of gaming, really. I don't think that's a sensitive subject. I think it's just a normal subject, you know. Uh, but some people inevitably treat it as a sensitive subject. Uh, uh, and I'm not really talking about that. Although, as an aside, I do have to say, uh, reading comments on videos like that is particularly tricky and difficult, because you're never sure when a person is just trying to have a discussion with you mm. about something that you said in the video, uh, and whether they're coming like in as a bad faith argument mm-hmm. or a good faith argument, because the bad faith arguments these days are very cleverly masqueraded, you know, and I, and, and they sort of toe that line. Sure.
1: I, I, well, you say these days, but I think they kind of always were. Mm. Um, there's always been, in, in TV and everything, there's always been kind of iffy things that people go oh you know it's fine because it was in the past the world was different then but we're we're looking at this game now
0: oh no yeah no my my use of the term uh these days is purely solipsistic because <laughs> <laughs> you know I, 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 what I mean is you know we're not reviewing like some happy-go-lucky board game here uh you know yeah. where we make a few jokes and and that's fine I, I mean is there we there such a we thing dealt Yes, there, there is such a thing. But we we, <laughs> delved, we delved a little bit deeper this time. And what I mean by these days is these these our days, Elaine. Yeah. These these yours and mine days.
1: These <laughs> are crazy days, but they make me shine.
0: I, I, honestly, bringing <laughs> up Oasis, Elaine. Yeah, what is this?
1: I'll cut that down. out.
0: <laughs> I think another great opportunity to have this discussion on Sleeping Gods is that uh, we've heard a lot of what I had to say. Uh, but we didn't hear a lot of what you had to say, and I think a I lot
1: suppose. of uh,
0: a lot of people are interested, you know, in 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 how you felt about a game. If, if we haven't quite the, I mean, heard your voice, this
1: is true. But I mean, as as you were reading out the script to me, I was like, oh, I said that. Oh, I said that. Oh, I said that. <laughs> so, I, like, it's always the case when we do any review, even if it's just you mm-hmm. uh, in the in the picture uh, mm-hmm. in front of the camera. It's still partly my thoughts as well so so there are things but yeah you, you're right like it's nice coming from the mouth of the cheval as uh, oh wow as, uh, listen they say. cheval
0: um like you have through the course of us playing this game uh provided a lot of interesting insights and i i, I think you had a lot of uh, valuable things to say that didn't make it into the review so oh. this is a great opportunity oh no
1: to explore all of
0: those <laughs> oh no
1: that's a thing to say thanks efka no pressure Sleeping Gods is a storytelling game by Ryan Lockett and there is a book, but the story is not in the book. The book is a map of map pages and you will control a ship called the Manticore. You are the crew of the Manticore. And uh, you will put your tiny little boat on this map and move it around visiting different locations and having different adventures. But you are also trying to manage the mental and physical health of your crew and the captain at the same time. You can give your crew different buffs like strength or craft or savvy, which is a very seafaring term, I think. It's um, to do
0: with anything with the sea, right? Like the symbol for savvy is an anchor.
1: Is an anchor. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's like, oh, it's a sea thing, savvy.
1: It's not though, is it? Right, generally.
0: I mean, I don't in life do you mean? Yeah. I don't think people who are good at sea walk around with an anchor strapped to them, you know, and go, "Look at my anchor. I'm savvy." savvy.
1: I don't know, but maybe it's one of those terms that come from the sea, I don't know
0: Well, it's definitely something they said in Pirates of the Caribbean, which makes me think it's definitely not got anything to do with the sea I assume
1: it's to do from French, savoir, like Mm. to know, right? Mm -hmm. I assume it's from that, but I don't know how it, anyway, whatever Has it got
0: anything to do with Oh, (laughs) That's a French sausage, right? (laughs) Is it? I don't know.
1: I've never, I never had a Savoy in France. Okay. I had a had a red sausage in Aberdeen. No, not in Aberdeen. In
0: uh, Inverness.
1: Inverness, yeah. Had a red sausage in Inverness that was like a Savoy. Maybe it's from there.
0: Maybe it's it is. Yeah. I feel
1: like we've detracted from the the topic.
0: I'm gonna be straight with you. I don't think a sausage is a detraction of anything. It's <laughs> only an addition. Like if you're having chips, do you want sausage with that? Yes, it makes sausage chips suffer. better. Okay, so uh, one of the things uh, that I I would like to add to your description of Sleeping Gods is that, as I mentioned, it is a narrative choice game. So frequently when you take your ship to a location and interact with it, you will be presented with story prompts
1: where is which is where i lied because there is another book that does have story in it
0: there you go <laughs> uh, and you will frequently be given choices it will be like do this or do that yes. and you will pick one and see what the outcome is
1: and they will always have an effect so there will always be a challenge and you may or may not pass that challenge and either you do or you don't you still get something from it
0: so one of the things i would like to talk about first i think is those challenges mm. because it's something that i've touched on in the video, but I would like to expound on that. Uh-huh. Um, it's definitely my favorite thing about Sleeping Gods in, in terms of how, how it treats those challenges mm-hmm. and how it differs from uh, games of, uh, in the si- similar games in the genre. Mm. Um, so, namely Seven Continent and Tainted Grail. Mm-hmm. Challenges are always choices mm-hmm. um, that you can engage in or not. and And, and there's a sort of duality to, to what I'm saying here. Because, first of all, uh, the choice comes, like, oh, w- which path are you going to choose? And sure. a path doesn't always result in a challenge. So uh, in the video, I made up an example. And I'm going to make <laughs> up examples now. Uh, let's say you're trying to, like, steer the ship away from some cliffs, right? Mm-hmm. So you might need, mm-hmm. like, if you want to steer away the ship from some cliffs, you might need some savvy or, you know, you might just brace for impact and you might need some craft for that, yeah. right? Uh, so so there's a duality there, like, which one you're going to yeah. go for, right? But then, whenever you make the choice, let's say, oh yeah, okay, we're just gonna brace for impact, you know. Uh, we're gonna maybe, I, I don't know, like repair whatever damage we can, sure. right? So we're gonna be using the craft skill here, right? That's that's the relevant one, and then you're presented with a challenge that mm. says, oh, okay, you know, this is a craft seven challenge, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're doing that challenge, as the active player, you will nominate any characters that have any craft skill whatsoever Mm -hmm. to that challenge. And by doing that, you fatigue them. Uh, And fatigue is bad because if they have one fatigue, that's sort of like okay. You know, that doesn't have any detriment to your character. But as soon as they have two fatigue, they start dealing a lot less damage in combat. And, and you just don't want that. And right. and you can't have them participate in other challenges right. because they're tired, right? And that's you, it.
1: You don't... Also, just to continue on that point, you don't have to assign any crew to a challenge. You can just take a punt and draw a card.
0: That's exactly what I was getting at. Sorry. So, no, no, that's all right. Uh, I think I think this is the key moment of what I said. There's a duality to this decision, yeah. you know, space. Because not only are you choosing something, but then you're also engaging... Uh, with how you are going to try and tackle that choice. Mm. Because what you can do, you can exhaust, you know, like every character you control that right. that can contribute towards that skill, like crafts in this situation. So let's say you have Audrey and you've kitted out Audrey with a lot of craft cards. You, you've given her craft upgrades. So she's got like a skill of free for craft, right? Yes. And let's say you also have Laurent LaPointe. He just he just contributes one craft, but uh-huh. he can do that, right? Mm-hmm. So you could you could fatigue them both. You're adding four towards the craft, then you're going to draw the card, and the card is going to produce a number between one and six. Uh, and you know that's that that is halfway to eight because four is half of eight, and and then when you draw a card, drawing a four is like a fifty fifty percent mm-hmm. chance, mm-hmm. you know. So you could do that, or you could just not do that. Mm. You, you could exhaust no one you could mm-hmm. fatigue no one
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh and you could still draw a card
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you could see what happens and and here's the beautiful thing sleeping gods is so flexible in that because all it asks you to do is to commit some characters and fatigue them right
1: mm.
0: and they add the starting bonus right and then you draw a card but after you draw that card your des- result isn't determined right
1: it's very forgiving in that sense in that you can add after the result, so you know what the result is right now. But then you can add cards in your hand that also have that symbol, so it's craft or whatever, yeah. uh, to that number, or use the pips on one of the cards that you have out to use an ability that will add more craft.
0: Exactly. So to expound a little bit on that, uh, let's say I, you know, I, I add nothing to this craft mm. day challenge, uh, and I draw a card, and it, I drew a six. Great, right? Uh, and maybe I have a couple of cards with craft mm. in my hand. I could discard those. Maybe you have a couple right. of cards with craft. You could discard those. Right. Uh, let's say I drew a one, not a six. That's mm. terrible. Uh, one of our characters has the ability to put a command token on that character. We can redraw a one. Yeah. That's easy. There's uh, a whole other uh, item card that lets us redraw any result. Right? Yeah. Okay. Put a command token on that. Redraw it again we have a different result uh then we have characters or items or, or you know like various abilities on our ability cards that yeah. let us add or you know somehow <laughs> compound on that and and there's just a whole plethora of ways we can actually choose to succeed
1: and i think that makes it that's what makes it fun partly because yeah. there's not that flip like there's not that kind of roll and oh that's the result do you know what I mean there's you flip the card and okay that's the result but now you can still do something that's not the be all and end all
0: Mm. So that's mechanical. But what I really like about that is that it sort of weaves a narrative as well. Because, because we're controlling multiple crew members. Right. There is uh, that sort of sense of, oh, okay, this character helped and that character helped. And they did this. And then this uh, NPC that's represented by an item card also <laughs> chipped in. That sort of tells a story. And I don't want to over this element of the game, right? Sure. It, 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 a, a lot of games do that. Uh, and it's, it's nothing special by itself. But I just think it's really nice... That there's so many ways you can choose to succeed and from that like you can you can sort of imagine what happened and and, Mm. it it adds something to it and there's this sort of like sense of unity of the crew and contribution and 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 like it it makes this uh, manticore the ship feel a little bit more alive and a little bit more I don't know tangible I guess is the word
1: yeah I know what you mean about like you don't want to over egg it but If you enjoy storytelling games, which hopefully you do if you're playing a storytelling game, you can make up more story than there is. You can introduce that narrative of, okay, Audrey's got her hammer and tongs out or whatever and she's banging away, but doesn't quite achieve that result. So Laurent jumps in with a spanner and, you know, also starts helping her out. And like, you can do that if you want to.
0: Let's not start throwing spanners into the story, okay? Okay, but here's here's the real kicker, right? And here's what I really like. You can choose to fail. Yeah. And and, and that's, that's sort of where I'm getting... Uh, towards giving a broader sense of how the mechanisms of this game work, mm-hmm. because very frequently, I mean, like, I don't want to say ninety-nine percent of the time, but ninety-nine percent of the time, uh, whenever you fail at one of these narrative prompts, you don't fail in terms of the story. Like, no. you some something happens, right? Yeah. You'll take some damage. Your ship takes some damage or, you know, one of your crew members gets low morale or, mm-hmm. like, something mm-hmm. bad happens. Or
1: frightened or whatever, yeah. yeah.
0: But, but the res- resolution of the story is always the same. And, yes. And that's the nice part because what it then says to me, right, um, there's a duality to, once again, duality to Sleeping Gods. It's a survival crew management game yes. that also has a story element to it. And the story element is interwoven with the survival game but they also sort of coexist independently of each other. And here's the thing, it's my choice how much I decide to invest of my characters, uh, you know, do I want to fatigue them, do I want to spend cards, do I want to spend command tokens to activate all these abilities, do I want to just fail and, and take the consequences of that and then spend my resources to, you know, mitigate that failure. How I interact with this game is always up to me. Mm. Uh, Mm. And and within that, there's this momentous decision space that is always engaging and always interesting, but never so cripplingly punishing that I get bored and go, oh, okay, now I just have to manage this you know, crew or whatever just because I wanted to get a cool thing out of the story.
1: You know the the metaphor of spinning plates is generally a negative metaphor. Like, it means you've got too much to do, right? Mm-hmm. But I found this game, like, spinning plates, and you're doing so well at spinning the plates. The crowd is cheering, right? It's like yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and particularly with two players, so you're controlling four crew members. Yeah. Um, what you said is is very pertinent, actually, that that you manage those four crew members and decide who's going to take the damage, who is going to be better at taking that damage, who do I not need to go into the next fight, for example, mm. right? Um, and can, can maybe take a little bit of damage or can be frightened and not be able to attack. Who am I not going to use to attack and who do I need to keep back to do the next challenge? Because, you know, I think the next challenge sounds like it's going to be a strength challenge or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I need that character not to be fatigued. Mm. It, it's really interesting.
0: And do you know what I, I noticed as well in terms of storytelling? This, um, there's this weird reverence that developed inside my head <laughs> uh, towards one of the crew members, and that being the captain. So in oh, a, really? in, in a two-player game, uh, as we mentioned, you have nine characters. Eight of them are split between the two players. Mm. Uh, in a more-player game, they mm-hmm. would be a different split, right? Mm-hmm. But the ninth character, regardless of how many players you're playing with, uh, always travels between whose active turn it is in yes. terms of who controls that character. Yes. So if it's my turn, I control Captain Sophia Odessa. If it's your turn, you control Captain Sophia Odessa, right. right? So theoretically on my turn, I could dump all the damage on <laughs> Captain Sophia Odessa and just pass her off to you, you right?
1: Could. Because But this game is co-op.
0: But this uh, well, <laughs> hey this game is co-op. But also Captain sophia Odessa is 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 definitely I think stronger than other characters. First of all, she has access to all of the skills.
1: Yeah. She's more um flexible.
0: Yeah, yeah, she has a pretty powerful weapon, although she's yeah. not very accurate. And her upgrades are just really, really cool. Yeah. And and so I've developed this sort of weird reverence. Like I, I could damage the captain, but like no, I can't. It's the captain. Like <laughs> this is you know like the crew yeah. can deal with this, right? Leave the captain alone. Like it's not our problem.
1: Yeah, we only have one captain.
0: Yeah, right. And, and I like that. I like that sort of sense of like, oh, I no, I could I could put all that damage on the captain, but no.
1: Yeah, for me, the different crew members had their own different strengths and weaknesses that changed throughout the game like when we started one of the crew was really good at fighting mm-hmm. and had a lot of strength right and so they were always fighting uh, and then as we went through they ended up being scared or mad or something and and weren't as good yeah so it kind of moved to another character and then they did other challenges while the other crew member was the one that went into the strength challenge. It was just so... It was so dynamic, the way that the crew There was an arc to it. Yeah, Yeah, there really Mm. was. And it it was so interesting that... I I don't know why. Like, it was completely by chance, right? But so many times... Well, not completely by chance, I guess, but so many times when we were reading the the narrative stories from the book um, and we had assigned a character the character that we had assigned was the one that was in the book that mm. the story was referring to. And and it, it can't be by chance. It must be by design in some way because of the different skills that they have and whatever, but that was... I imagine
0: it's a blending of both.
1: Yeah, that was just like, oh yeah, like this is what this character's doing right now. Yeah, was, yeah I like that a lot. What
0: I want to touch on now is uh, you, 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 you brought up the word Madness. Mm. So with that, I, I wanted to also expound a little bit on our video.
1: Yes, in-,
0: in terms of like how the game treats its more sensitive subjects. Yes, uh, because uh, a lot of the thread of the video was like, "Hey, uh, here's what was happening in the 70s and a lot of that stuff was pretty sexist mm. and racist and not mm. great. Right? uh <laughs> oh my god okay so we railed pretty hard on guy gags and I, I i don't mean to bring up comments on our youtube videos but one of them just really really got me because there was this person who was clearly very upset that uh we crapped on guy gags uh, but then again they weren't because they had no idea who guy gags was uh, because they were like, "How dare you? How dare you say these main things about a man who's still alive? You should, you should ask him first. And sure, and I was like, I, "I, I hate to bring it to you, buddy, but."
1: Do you know my favorite comment that we had on that video that I removed? Actually, was boring. <laughs> I just thought that was amazing, but um, it, I think it was. I said to you when we were going through that video, like there is this term madness in this game because what what we said in the video was how kind of well this game treats more sensitive topics potentially
0: i never said that so here's the thing and i i want to expound on this and i say the word expound too much yeah you do i want to make it clearer Uh right um, so I never said that Sleeping Gods is some sort of paragon of inclusivity, no, right? Sure. I, I in fact made a point, and I think I should have made a bigger point that it isn't, right? But I wanted to show this thread of of how this developed historically, mm-hmm. and not to say that Sleeping Gods is somehow amazing in that mm-hmm. regard, because I specifically mentioned that there seemed to be no LGBTQ characters, no, sure. no disabled characters. Sure. And, and there are some weird things. You've noted something that uh, aside from Captain Sophie Odessa, who is the captain, yes. none of the female presenting characters
1: have, have strength, strength skills. No, sure. Um, but I think in my head... Um, the story never went somewhere that I was uncomfortable with.
0: Exactly. Right? right? So
1: Sorry, I was trying to say that without saying anything spoilery. Um, <laughs> but I think that's what I found when we were reading it that made me think, okay, this game has come further than other games. It has.
0: And that's the weird thing, because i i, I surprised so few people talk about this, but Seven Continent and Tainted Grail are just not okay in so many ways
1: yeah. the only other game that we've played that had good story like this is Forgotten Waters I think
0: yeah and uh Comanauts, to and another Comanauts, extent yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. uh th- that game I enjoyed a lot less but
1: again like we've not played all of them So, Mm. potentially, something could come up in this in the future when we play it that we go, but we haven't yet. And we played for 20 hours um, and nothing came up. that More than 20 hours, I think. Yeah,
0: the the campaign is listed as a 20-hour campaign. I think ours lasted a little bit longer than that. But the point I'm trying to make is that sleeping gods is not a paragon of inclusivity no
1: so i wasn't trying to say that yeah you were saying that
0: but it's at least a board game a narrative storytelling board game with like a lot of choose your own narrative prompts um that isn't uncomfortable to play Mm -hmm. and whether you like it or not in board games, that's a big step forward, yeah. Um, and and this is something that I specifically wanted to bring up and sort of bring to the forefront and say, hey, this is a problem. Here's something that's moving in the right direction, right?
1: I, I suppose it doesn't actually tackle anything uncomfortable either. Though, no, right? It so it's it's very fluffy in that sense that it doesn't actually go into anything. So it doesn't have the opportunity to tackle them badly. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's what I said to you as well, but it doesn't I, challenge. Anything, I don't no. mind that so much because I'm quite happy to play a game. That's quite fluffy sometimes.
0: Right. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I mean, there's different kinds of fluffy as well. I think fluffy can handle subjects like that as well. <laughs> uh, but, but my point being, if you need a getaway, this is a getaway that will not offend you. Right. Mm. And, and that's, that's, mm. that's what it's doing. That's why it exists, I think. and, and, For me, in a a time that it's not just the pandemic, like personal life has been really complicated lately. Yeah, it's been tough at the Uh, moment. And and it was just so nice to be able, we had this set up uh, on our table, you know, for like a month, I think, or something like that. And whenever we needed to, we could just dip into Sleeping Gods and just get away a little bit, Mm -hmm. Uh, which runs nicely with the parallel of its story. The story being that, uh, you're not just the crew of the Manticore. You are. You've been swept into the Wandering Sea from like the waters of New York or something yeah, like you that, don't right? Know why you're there? Yeah, like Wandering Sea is definitely not on Earth, right? No. And you're trying to get back, and you don't know how, but you sort of have this clue that there are these gods that are asleep, and you can collect these runes to wake them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So y- you bimble around the Wandering Sea trying mm-hmm. to find these. sorry, not runes. totems Totems, again not a paragon of inclusivity no
1: No, but you're right like you said in the video you can tell it's trying and I think I think that is important and like you said you know believe it or not that is a big step in board games you know it's it's nice to play a game that you know it, it might not cover loads of different difficult subjects but it's nice to have a game that does have different characters that aren't all white or male or represent people in negative or exaggerated fashions.
0: I agree. I, I, someone, I, A few people pointed out to me that, you know, uh, well, it would be nice to not just have representation, but actual representation. You know, it's not just physical. But getting to play a character that mm. might you know relate to your background is unless you're white and american you know is, mm. is pretty hard in board games because mm. just, they just don't feature casts from different backgrounds and here you have that mm. and since this game is escapism you mm. can escape from a prism that's a little bit closer to your own
1: yeah no you're you're right you are right it is nice to have that i think um and again it's some kind of step forward <laughs>
0: There's another subject I want to touch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that subject is difficulty, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I made a whole big hoo-ha in our video about how this game is challenging, but not challenging at the expense of you, the player. It's not making fun of you. It's not playing tricks on you. Uh-huh. It's just difficult. Some people, and I can s- definitely see that, you know. Mm-hmm. I think I think some people responded with not quite relating to that, because their experience of Sleeping God was that this game was far too challenging. And, I see. And... And I can sort of see that. I think that's one of the ways that a future design could improve. Mm-hmm. Because I think what Sleeping Gods doesn't do very well is it, le- it doesn't lead you to understand through its mechanisms and through how it introduces you to this world. Sort of how it expects you to manage these puzzles sure. that it presents to you. So I, I will say up front that we have not found Sleeping Gods challenging. Uh, We, in fact, defeated the entire game without having lost once. And by lost, I mean... A
1: crew member.
0: There's two ways you can lose. So you can have your ship destroyed Mm -hmm. or you can have your crew entirely killed, Mm -hmm. right? And not killed, like, basically their damage maxes out. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, if it's all of them, then that's... That's sort of that, but in a way it isn't. So there's there's three difficulty modes. There's two that are, cu- that are in the box and there's a third one that's been added in an FAQ yeah. uh, as in easy mode. And there's yeah. normal mode and there's brutal mode. Yeah. Brutal mode says play this entire game without dying once yeah. uh, in any way. And normal mode has some allowances that... Where something happens when you are defeated, I can't tell you what it is because we weren't. Yes. So you might say we have beaten the game in brutal mode, but we haven't because we haven't chosen that mode. Right. But we've, we've sort of achieved that, that element of having not ever lost once. And I think, I'm not bragging, right? Mm. That's not, that is just to say we found it challenging at times, we found it quite difficult, and we were close to losing a couple of times. We're Mm. definitely close towards the end. But we managed to get through it. And I think one of the things that really helped was the FAQ. Because Mm. in the FAQ, uh, Ryan Lockett outlines some of the things that you should do and shouldn't do. And also how you should approach this game, right? Right. And I think that's... I mean, it's really appreciated that that that's out there. Yeah. Right? right. But, But first of all, I think the game... Should lead you there instinctively, right? And that's that's like a m- mark of really great game design, uh, that you shouldn't have to run you into situations where you're like, I don't want to say playing the game incorrectly, but playing the game in a way that uh, makes it deliberately more challenging where it shouldn't be. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. And, yeah, and, very
1: much. And
0: and so one of the I think one of the things that people have f- found very difficult uh, that I've picked up on is is the. The resource management system, because as we mentioned, your characters get fatigued yep. and that your characters get damaged, yeah. right? And your ship gets damaged. Yeah. Uh, and there are ways that you can then later mitigate all those things. And that's this sort of uh, survival management yeah. game, you know. Uh, some of the ways that the game immediately presents you with, like, oh, this is how you can heal up, is by going to port Uh, which is uh, an exploration action and you can spend money and that removes fatigue tokens and and also heals up your crew, right? And that's expensive. That's really, really expensive. And you spend a lot of your money and that money could be then going to buying items and becoming better, right? And so I think some people felt very hamstrung by that. And that's purely because the game didn't teach them that there are other ways to manage fatigue and health.
1: Yeah. So what the game doesn't do, I always object a little bit when there's a kind of FAQ or something out there that says, this is the way to play the game. Yeah. Because like, especially with a game like this, it's an exploration game. I want to push those buttons and see what happens. Right. Um, But what there isn't in, in sleeping gods is a kind of slope into the game. So it just Mm. throws you in it and goes, okay, play the game right there's not kind of introductory scenarios or anything Mm. if you've never played a game like this or played a game where you have to manage resources like both of us play games where managing resources is important right Mm -hmm. Uh, lots of games have that in in them and so it came quite naturally to us when we had to do that but if you've not played a game that you've that you've had to do that, then it won't necessarily. And you might end up spending your money on things that you don't necessarily... I mean, we did, actually. There wasn't yeah. one particular thing that I said, no, we have to buy this thing because like, I really pushed for it. And then we never used it. Mm. Um, and we might mention that what it is in later the in the spoiler section. but But it wasn't such a big deal because... It was just part of the world. Like, that's what you kind of do. I mean, I know in real life I've bought stuff because I've gone, I really need this thing. And then I've never used the thing. So that didn't bother me too much because we were just enjoying the game. But what we didn't do was buy very many items, did we? We didn't go to the market I, I mean,
0: I, a lot. I as far as I'm concerned, we had enough items because... Uh, the the table space that was reserved for (laughs) items, right, was already overflowing. And I'm like, okay, this this is the limit of items that we need.
1: We also, what we did, and I don't know if this is because we play games together a lot or whether it's because we are married right but we were quite good at managing the different things going on in the story so I had all the quest elements and I was Mm. like keeping an eye on what we needed and where we needed to go and blah 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 and you had the other items so you had the things that would heal us up or whatever you know that and you were looking after all of that so we our brains had different things to take care of so I think that was helpful for us but again like if you've not played a game like this then you wouldn't necessarily think okay let's assign people to look after different parts of this game otherwise we're going to be in a mess yeah. and not know where we need to go what we need to get, who we need to heal mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how right Yeah. Um, so I, I completely understand why some people might not enjoy this game as much as or not have such a relaxing time <laughs> playing this game as we did.
0: Yeah because even when we were damaged really 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 badly mm. we knew that we could sort of continue exploring the story mm. as long as we were just a little bit careful about mm. it and then constantly sort of mitigating that that damage over time because one of the ways you deal with damage and this will lead us into the ship action yes. uh, discussion one of the ways you mitigate damage is by cooking food yeah. so you will have recipes as items you start with one
1: yeah not a, a
0: spoiler uh, soup or flapjacks or both okay. I can't remember. Yeah, but you will get more right yeah. and 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 that's and I'm sort of saying that Okay, it's a I guess the most minute of spoilers that you, one of the <laughs> item types you will get You will be getting is recipes, but that's so important I think for people who are struggling to know that like yeah. this is how you manage health, yeah. right? you need to get grains meat and uh whatever is vegetables right yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. that this is this is how you're going to manage your health or going to port Mm, again that's mm, not efficient mm. you just need some recipes Mm. just get some food and cook your worries away right
1: Mm. if it was always going to port it would be more like tainted gray where you have to keep going back to do the thing that you don't really want to do because you want to carry on (laughs) exploring the map right um so that that is one thing that we really like that you always have this way to mitigate damage mm-hmm. or on you like you don't have to go to a certain location all the time to do it one thing I do want to just say before we head into ship actions we sail into ship actions is that the like you said earlier you know the game doesn't try and trick you and very often even if we were damaged and we looked at a location right mm-hmm. there is quite often an option to head back to the ship yeah you so don't it, have to go it doesn't yeah. always say like okay, there's a monster, you must fight it right now. Um, sometimes it as, does. Sometimes it does, but yeah. quite often it will say, here are some options, like, you know, head out into the forest, head out into the desert, yeah. whatever, or head back to the ship. So, so you can go, okay, like, this might be tougher than, than I want it to be, and head back to the ship. I mean,
0: okay, I'll give you that, and that's another element of, like, being friendly and saying, like, you don't have to do this, mm. but going back to the ship feels bad.
1: Well, uh, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. But if you realize you've bitten off more of that pie than fits in your mouth, then... Uh,
0: <laughs> fair, yeah, fair. If if you went somewhere where you shouldn't have, then, mm. yeah, maybe maybe it's nice that there is an option to, to tap out, as yeah. they say. <laughs> so, yeah, ship action. Is actions.
1: that a magic term?
0: Uh, no, I think that's a wrestling term. Right,
1: okay. Yeah, like... Oh, like when you hit the, yeah. the mat because... Or,
0: you know, you, you're uh, doing pairs or what. I don't watch I don't wrestling. Okay. I don't know. Anyway... So, ship actions is, is one of the core elements of the survival puzzle, right? Uh-huh. And uh, ship actions, by and large, provide you with ability cards mm-hmm. and command tokens. Mm-hmm. Ability cards are mega useful, not at just succeeding challenges, because you can pitch their symbols towards succeeding a challenge, but they're also there to upgrade your characters, increase their skill yeah. uh, in the relevant skill that's displayed on the card, but also provide, most of them provide, you with an ability right so so ability cards are great right uh but you also get command tokens which are again essential essential Mm. heart of uh of sleeping gods and they intertwine Mm. into the whole thing so well because your characters have abilities you want to use them put a command token on them right Mm. uh your cards have abilities you want to use them put a command token on them uh you have items uh, if you want to activate an item, put a command token on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not your turn. You want to contribute your character to a challenge because they're a really good. Put a
1: command token but, on it.
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> like, oh, well, no, spend, spend a command. command token.
1: Oh, for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's different. Anywho, uh, so, so that's what ship actions do. But also, they provide a minor effect. Mm -hmm. And that minor effect and the strength of that minor effect determines how many command tokens you're going to get. So some of the weaker actions will give you more command tokens... And some of the stronger actions will give you less command tokens. Mm -hmm. So so there are actions like, oh, well, heal one health, which in the grand scheme of things is is nothing, right? But maybe it's better than spending a command token and you you go and heal up one health and also get some command tokens. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or there are ship actions that let you return command tokens from where you put them on, because yes. uh, here's the key thing: whenever you put a command token on something, you can't use that thing until you return no, it, yeah. right? And there's different degrees. There's one action that returns all of them. There's another action that just returns two, right? Yeah. Uh, which is not a lot. Um. So there's this whole like management puzzle of like, okay, which a- ship action I'm going to take. I found that to be. In some ways, the weakest and the strongest part of the game. Mm -hmm. The strongest part because the command token system is just great, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it doesn't really feature in the ship action part. Sometimes it does because Mm -hmm. you'll upgrade your characters or whatever, Mm -hmm. but most of the time you'll use command tokens throughout the ebb and flow of the entire Mm -hmm. round, right? Mm -hmm. But the actions themselves, I found them not particularly engaging or some not interesting enough to just go and do. Maybe sometimes it's great to remove a fatigue token or it's great to heal up one health, but if you've got a great recipe, you can achieve a lot more with one command token Mm. than, uh, you know, so like I'd rather go to the space that gives me one more command Mm. token and just go and do all those things you know
1: right and having lost one health or one fatigue is not that punishing in itself that you go oh okay i have Mm. to do this now i have to heal this now
0: and finally there's the what you call the uh
1: catholic almond
0: catholic almond action right uh this is the action that provides you with the least command tokens just two uh but it lets you play this uh push your luck game uh, no, you called it a Catholic almond because that's what it looks like.
1: Well, so when I looked at the symbol... Yeah. My brain didn't work out that it was like a spade in a like h- half-diamond type shape. It looked like yeah. the bottom of an almond with a little like pointy religious-looking hat on. <laughs> and I was like, I don't really understand... <laughs> why this is the symbol but never mind I'll go with it and then as I as we played more and I looked at it closer I was like oh okay it's just a spade in like half a square or whatever
0: let's pivot away from that before we (laughs) before we start being offensive (laughs) towards Catholics Um, which I am myself by the way (laughs) or or I I mean I was born Catholic and I was raised
1: Catholic oh sorry it wasn't supposed to be offensive I just thought that that was what it no
0: no I get it yeah it just it's just what it looks like what
1: it looked like sorry yeah
0: anyway the catholic almond action Uh
1: so are we gonna call it that no
0: let's not uh what you do in it is you play this push your luck mini game uh and the push your luck mini game is is the game that will provide you with the resources that you will need to spend to heal up like so you will need materials to patch up your ship you will need food to cook up those recipes and whilst All of these, I think, in a fair abundance are provided by the story, right? Mm. If you are particularly lacking, Mm. you can always go to this push your luck action where you can draw uh, one, two or three tokens and you will pick one of them uh, and get the rewards on it. But if you draw any ship damage on any of these tokens, you must take, you it. Must take it. So yeah. you can stop after the first one. If you flip over a token, it's like, oh, it's a vegetable and some grain. Mm-hmm. Great, I'm not going to push my luck anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll just take this token. It, right? you,
1: you also don't shuffle them each time, so you know what's left. So you know what's left, right?
0: Yeah. So so you can you can play this mini game, and and I think that mini game is fine if you're very very desperate uh for like we need those vegetables a couple
1: of times but it was i think our least used action yeah definitely
0: definitely i wasn't a fan of it i i understand its inclusion but i didn't think it was that particularly interesting and the fact that it was the least command tokens out of any of the actions mm. uh, made it just particularly uninviting uh, to partake in. So mm. I, I'm sure that from like a sort of game balance perspective, maybe it needed to be like that. Mm. Um, but I was just I was just not engaged by. Any of that. Saying that, yeah, the ship actions felt a little wonky. Mm. Um, they were not the feature of the game. They just—it no. felt to me like they facilitated me with the things I need to
1: get command tokens.
0: Well, th- no, they were the command right. tokens. The things I need are the command tokens, and the command tokens will let me. Yeah, you know, like, sorry.
1: Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah. yeah,
0: and also the ability cards. You know, yeah. I'm getting more ability cards, uh, so that's great. Mm. You know, and then I can go off and do all the things like I, I want to do. A little bit of upkeep. Yeah. But again, I mentioned this in my video, the survival and the exploration are decoupled. And I Mm. appreciate that, you know, that there's this bit at the start of every round where you go and do your ship action uh, and and that, you know, will sort you out with all the things you need to manage yourself. And mostly it is just command tokens, Mm. but it's for you to figure out how you're going to spend Mm. them and how you're going to distribute them to make sure that your ship and your crew can keep going.
1: Right, that's the beauty of having the command tokens be uh, multiple use, is that you are managing them Mm. working out how can I best use them Mm. on on what tasks.
0: Mm. And I wonder if we had a pretty good experience with the game because sort of the items that we ended up with and the ways we could spend command Mm -hmm. tokens became very complementary and sort of, uh, you know, they made sense. Yeah, maybe. they allowed us to propel ourselves forward.
1: But we chose them on purpose.
0: We did, I guess, those. yeah. yeah. I, every time you buy items... So one of the uh, exploration actions you can do if you're in a place that sells stuff, you can go and just buy stuff. And yeah. you, uh, when you do that, you get like a choice of seven cards, which is plenty. Yeah. Right, And you can buy any and all of them if you can afford them. Yeah. Most of the time you will not, because... No. Uh, You will have about, like, if you're lucky, you know, 12, 13 money. If you're not, like, 7 money or something like that. I mean,
1: there were times when we had literally one money we, or none money no but
0: you wouldn't go shopping with oh, one no, or none what you mean. No. yeah yeah <laughs> uh you know and and you you can pick something that's useful <laughs> i felt like every time we opened up the cards there were like two or three things that were like oh okay this is pretty good yeah like oh, yeah, i want won yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: there was never a time when we turned over seven cards and went well this is pants yeah um there was always something that looked useful yeah
0: and i think uh, sort of to uh, round this out before we go into combat and talk about combat. Mm. Uh, I like to say that in that, the game uh, gives me my favorite mechanism in board games. Which is, uh, you know, we could do Back this. <laughs> uh No. We could do this or maybe we could do... Th- oh, I forgot. There's this ability. Uh, oh, but if you do that and play that card and then we go there. And oh, I totally forgot. You know, there's that ability that uh, that this person has that you can oh do you know what I have actually I have this thing uh, to the side here uh, oh my god and we didn't even factor in that item right uh, that
1: was a succinct explanation of your favourite me- mechanism in a board game Efka well done
0: but no that is my favourite mechanism you know that sort of sense of like you know there's so many tools for you to engage with the problems mm. that you can discuss and bounce Back and forward. I Okay, let's just face it. I have ADHD. It's pleasant <laughs> for me, right? Like, there's a lot of things. And I bounce between them. And it's fun.
1: Well, I enjoyed your bouncing about. Uh, but talking bouncing about, let's talk about combat. Um, I, I'm not sure how I felt about the combat. I thought the system... Of how you do combat is very clever. The way that the combat is presented to you mm. is very clever. But I don't know how I felt about it within the story.
0: It's definitely one of those things where it's like, okay, it's now combat time, right? Mm. And, and and that's fine. That's the trope of the genre. Mm. And, you know, I think the system in comparison, once again, to Tainted Grail and Seven Continent was the most enjoyable out of all of those for mm-hmm. me. Because it felt like um, a tactical puzzle, which is something that Tainted Grail does. Yes. So Tainted Grail is like a symbol-matching puzzle where you draw cards and you try and continue the chain for as yeah. long as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Seven Continent, uh, combat worked in similar ways that it did in like a, a, to all the other mechanisms. Right. Like, you play this push-your-luck game where you draw cards, and I didn't like it at all. No. Here, there's more like a tactical puzzle, but that tactical puzzle unlike in uh tainted grail
1: yeah
0: felt uh, a lot more engaging and quicker
1: yeah
0: and less it sort of it, it boxed everything down less and also unlike in tainted grail everyone always participates yeah. rather than sometimes in tainted grail you had these like 10 minute combat rounds where like one person <laughs> no, like blindly in stumbled life, into a sure. combat scenario yeah and yeah. like right that's not fun cool um
1: you enjoy your game yeah here
0: here like uh combat bounces between all the players yeah. all the time everyone gets to participate and you get
1: to assign what characters you want to yeah to, to use
0: yeah so to describe combat basically whenever you're fighting enemies you have one or more enemy cards mm. that are distributed in random order and they have these grids uh, mm. at the bottom of each card and when you have multiple cards they can join into like a sort of a segmented big grid right yeah. and uh to defeat each of the cards you have to cover up all the health symbols on those cards yeah uh, but there are also empty spaces and there are also other like ability spaces that yeah. increase uh the amount of damage how much the monster does to you right. or uh or you know that
1: makes another effect on you like gives you low morale or whatever
0: yeah uh and so uh when you are dealing damage to the monster when you're attacking them
1: yeah
0: uh, once again you draw a card and you see You hit them or not by adding to your weapon's accuracy. And then each weapon also has an amount of damage that it deals. And that damage is you directly covering up those symbols. So if I cover up something that, like a monster's ability to do damage, Mm. then they do less damage.
1: Yeah, sure. And uh, like you said, there's empty spaces. Why would you want to cover up those spaces? Well, you don't want to cover up those spaces but sometimes you've got no choice because you have to put the damage in a way that it's next to each other. So you can't random... So I think the grid is is normally of nine squares Mm -hmm. uh, and you can't just randomly put one in the top left corner, one in the bottom right corner. You Mm. have to put them next to each other. Mm. But you can spread that damage over one monster and splash that damage over to another monster as long as the majority of the damage is on the monster that you are attacking. Did that make sense? It is, it is, yeah.
0: And I I really like that element of the game. Yeah, me too. Because uh, when you hit a monster, you will frequently not deal enough damage to just... You know take it out in one go yeah. sometimes maybe you will but yeah. most of the time you won't right so it's for you to determine you know how am I building these pathways so that the next player when yes. they hit them with their character they can utilize that most efficiently yeah right? and I
1: think we managed that pretty well I think we were lucky or smart I don't know but I think <laughs> we managed that pretty well
0: yeah and and that's that's nice because you're not just thinking about what you're doing but you're thinking about what like, the
1: next player is going to be doing on their turn yeah
0: and how can how can I compliment mm. them how can mm. I uh, make sure that you know like their action feels like better right, right. Uh, maybe one of the downsides of the system is is the sort of people who like to uh, point out the alpha gamer problem in co-op games which I you know admit it is a problem but I don't think it's a mechanical problem I think it's just a people problem right sure. Uh, and, and it's not the game's fault. I feel for anyone who is stuck playing games with mm. with pushy people who mm. will tell you, no, this this is what you're gonna do, rather than like a sense of collaboration, right? Yeah. And like, oh, how do we solve this puzzle together? Yeah, sure. So I, I imagine it lends itself to that. And if that's like a dynamic of your group, then you know you will struggle. But but it also lends those moments of you know like, oh, you know, let's work this out. How, mm-hmm. What abilities can we use so that you know. Our characters bounce off of each other. Yeah,
1: fortunately, yeah. the combat isn't in real time. So you can take a pause before you start doing anything to go, okay, how do we tackle these, these monsters that have come out? And there are synergy tokens. Um, so when um, when you cover up certain spaces, then you take a little token that's on one of your characters and you put it on one of the other characters. And these synergy tokens can, they do various different things, like they might add one extra damage or they might add better accuracy. So you're kind of planning, okay, this is what I'm doing. And then which character are you going to be using next? Because I'm going to give my synergy token to you so that you can hit, more accurately, or whatever.
0: Yeah. So one of the great uh, examples of this is how Mara Mac, Ma- how Mara Mac Johnson and Mac
1: Mara Johnson, Mac
0: Mara Johnson and and Captain <laughs> Sophie Odessa, uh, synergize with each other. So uh, Mara is very accurate. Her ability to hit is much greater than any of the other characters, yeah. and her synergy token also lets another character become more accuracy. accurate mm. uh, but mara doesn't do a lot of damage mm. uh, whereas captain sophie odessa is the opposite she yeah. does more, more damage than any other character yeah. but her accuracy accuracy is very weak yes. so one of the common combos is you know let's attack with mara and we'll do a little bit of damage yeah uh, but then you know captain sophie odessa can <coughs> really whack something yeah. uh because we're <laughs> more certain that uh she can hit right yeah. Here's the problem. Every time you attack a monster, if you don't defeat that monster, you take damage back. Yes. Right? And that is quite punishing. And so combat becomes this management game again. Because, yeah. okay, I, I, if, if I hit them, I won't do a lot of damage. But I'm sure that I'll hit because my character is yeah. very accurate. But they're going to take a beating. Yeah. And so this is why, again, you might might be inclined to go, oh, okay, let's just kill this monster. But if you can't, if you're not doing enough damage, then are you going to help the other character uh, and so they can, you know, do the requisite amount of damage by if I cover up some hearts then you cover up some hearts together we'll do it Mm. or do I cover up like uh, the monster's ability to deal damage back Mm. and then survive Right. and hopefully like we're playing a little bit of a longer game but like a more confident game
1: and the monsters themselves have their turn so they don't just hit you back after you've hit them but then they have their round and they hit you again (laughs)
0: yeah and that time you can't even use any defense uh, symbols that you have so yeah uh, combat can be quite punishing and it Mm. frequently exhausts your resources and you Mm. need to go lick your wounds afterwards but again we've been i guess maybe fortunate you Mm. know in finding the right tools that helped us mitigate that and we always felt like we always had just about enough resources to you know uh lick our wounds and then after a couple of rounds get back into combat again if we need to if that's what the story is doing and not to belabor this but like one of the last things that i really quite like is is how that damage system works when your characters get damaged because Mm. all it does is basically when when your character is at max damage, it just means they can't participate in challenges or
1: combat. Yeah, they're fatigued. Like, they're super fatigued. Yeah,
0: right? And that's that. You know, like, you're not suffering any, like...
1: Permanent negative from it yeah yeah
0: you're like okay well they're out and then you don't
1: lose anything yeah later mm. over
0: time i'll just heal mm. up but that's give part them of some soup yeah but <laughs> give peel them, them some soup right but that's again that collaborates with that sense of storytelling yeah. you know like and that
1: sense of friendliness mm. yeah that you're all a crew together and you're in this together
0: that's very nice mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i i always feel like combat in storytelling games can feel a little bit forced Mm-hmm. Um because it takes you out of the story, and you know you know like you're you're kind of like an anadromous fish, you're like this salmon swimming back up the stream to mate all the time, like oh, it's happening again, I don't want to be doing this, but oh, I have to do this again right yeah and i I feel like it happened less in this because. Uh, That feeling, sorry, happened less in this because there is that sense of planning and working together to defeat it rather than you having a turn to defeat it, I having a turn to defeat it. You're planning out which characters you're going to use in what order and which spaces you're going to be trying to cover up. Uh, so i it felt a little bit less forced, and the the monsters do tie into the story, mm. so you know z- say you're in a polar ice cap and then suddenly there's a seal attacking you. I made that up but but you know it does make sense the monster that that comes out.
0: I also feel like um the story gives. You frequent opportunities to avoid combat if you want to do that. Sometimes there will be no. It's option. unavoidable. Yes, sometimes, yeah, sometimes yeah. Yeah. it is unavoidable, mm. but definitely not always. Mm.
1: Uh,
0: and definitely plenty of times where you can go. Look, I just want to resolve this in a, in a peaceful way.
1: But <laughs> sometimes you try and resolve it in a peaceful way, and then oh dear, you did a wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: but again, like the hints were always there. I never felt like the game was trying to trick no, me into no, something. No, no, absolutely. With the discussion of. Uh, tricking you into something shall we move into the spoilers territory because I have a pretty reasonable segue of what I want to mention uh-huh. so
1: i brought my air horn is this where i you, sound the air yes horn? please yeah, sound okay. the air horn Be. right now
0: there you go. i was expecting for you to take out your pot noodle air horn
1: no you made me get rid of that okay my pot noodle horn
0: so yeah if you've been enjoying this discussion but don't want to hear any spoilers this is where you tap out see i <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I made a call back like, uh-huh. thank you very much for listening to the podcast and uh enjoying this episode uh, if you want to hear more episodes of No Pun Included, then you can find them on nopunincluded.com slash podcast. And if you wanna watch the video that we frequently refer to, you can find that on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash nopunincluded. Uh, or if you wanna find a specific video, you can always type in Sleeping Gods, Tomb of Horrors, and No Pun Included, and you and you will find that video.
1: Spoilers in five, four, three, two. One. So here's the thing. I,
0: as I mentioned profusely in our video on Sleeping Gods, do not like to feel like the game is just constantly playing ha-ha tricks on you, Mm -hmm. right? And I would have to admit that the game does do that. Because there is a moment in this game where something happens, and we're going to tell you what happens, where it just feels like not only not great... Mm. But also, like, the curtain has been pulled back and we see the mechanisms and, and not the game. A little bit. Uh, and so what we have in Sleeping Gods is this sort of free act structure split into another free act, st- act structure. Uh, you have an event deck. Yes. Uh, so you have ship actions, you have an event deck, and then you go and explore, right? And, and the event deck is composed of something like mild, threatening, and severe mm-hmm. events. So mm-hmm. you have six of each. And so that... Creates like nineteen rounds, and the reason it's nineteen is because uh, the nineteenth round it doesn't have a card; it doesn't have mm. an event card. Instead, you read an event from the storybook, and then you reset the event deck, and again yeah. you have another nineteen rounds. Yeah, and then you reset the event deck, mm-hmm. and then you have another nineteen mm-hmm. rounds, and then the game ends. What happens is that after the first eighteen rounds, uh, you spend your time. Building up your crew, equipping them with all these ability cards, mm-hmm. and giving them all this gear, mm-hmm. and just, you know, exploring the story and finding quests and doing all the fun stuff. And then uh, you read out on the 19th round the event from the book, and it's yeah. like this I'm going to avoid some sports. Sure, yeah. What yeah. it is, right? But there's this thing that happens and after that thing, any ability cards you have uh, that you spend command tokens equipping go away and right. your characters <clears throat> nearly reset. They don't yes. entirely reset because you can spend experience to to give them permanent upgrades that don't go yeah. away. But any, like all the hard-earned command tokens that you've squirreled up and spent on like actually upgrading your characters, all of that is wiped away. And that felt like it was done not because it served some greater story Mm -hmm. because it didn't it was just literally like well that's the mechanisms of the game to continue you have to do that for
1: me i felt slightly differently about that but i wish the rule book had said this is what is going to happen so Mm. the way that i felt about that was it completely changed my character like i said earlier right in this was that my characters changed over time and that was why Mm -hmm. was because they lost all their ability cards so i'd spent a long time building up the characters with different abilities to make this one stronger and this one uh, and you more were you were hunting for
0: specific abilities right
1: right right and then they all went away because i didn't know they were going to go away and so i had to restructure my characters right with the command tokens that i had and the cards that i got and so I didn't mind particularly because it meant my characters changed and they developed into something new. And maybe that's part of the story that in their exploration and what they've learned and discovered, their character evolves, yeah. right? So, so that story part of it, I didn't mind at all. The fact that it didn't mention it in the rule book, I think that is what I object to.
0: Yeah, that was annoying. And and one of the reasons I wanted to do the spoiler section mm. is specifically discuss this and then the, one other bit. What it made me do is made, made me rethink how I view the game. And I think one of the strengths of Sleeping Gods is that even having that moment happen to me the first mm. time, I was like, oh, God, no, right? <laughs> but then I was like, okay, okay, look, this is just part of the game. Yeah. And, you know, I sort of learned to live with it and... Learn to understand that it's going to happen again, you know, uh, and it's not going to happen the the third time because I expected the game to end and it did. But it made me rethink how I was building my characters because before I wasn't just like, well, I'm going to give Audrey craft because she's good at craft. And it doesn't really matter what ability is on the craft card because there's two parts to these ability cards in terms of when it comes to upgrading characters. There's the skill that it increases, but there's also like a unique ability. So, for example, one of the abilities I had on Audrey was if she was traveling, Mm. because traveling in this game, moving your ship is a challenge. So, you have to actually use craft and then based on what your result is, that's how far you're going to go on the map, right? So the ability specifically on Audrey was that if I was using this craft skill to travel for mm. the traveling challenge, then we would travel, like, we would get an extra two towards that result mm. to see how far we're going to go.
1: And then and, plus if you drew more than nine. Oh, no, if it, you oh, drew,
0: if your total result was more than nine, you could ignore all um, hazards. All hazards yeah. Because sometimes when you go to a map, there's like, oh, your ship could sustain some damage. or I and mean,
1: that's not secret. Like, you see yeah. that on the map. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. So... Basically, if you drew a 9, that would mean you would travel... Not a 9. Like yeah, If n- your result was yeah, 9, right. you would travel 4 spaces, and you would also be able to ignore any hazards. You're basically sailing wherever you like. It's mm-hmm. great, right? So before I knew uh, that all the ability cards were going to go away... I was very frugal with upgrading (laughs) my characters. You can only give them two of these cards. I wanted to give them the best cards. Mm. I wanted Mm -hmm. to find the best abilities that complement them and sort of, you know, craft these carefully curated characters. But once I learned that I have to get rid of all of these ability cards, I realized that what the game wants me to do is just give them anything. Just give them something. As long as it's sort of about the right skill, that's great. It increases that skill. And then plus you get some sort of an ability Mm. and that's just something that you Mm. get. But you shouldn't focus, like, too much in controlling that aspect of the game. And in some ways, that's nice. It, 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 it does something different, you yeah. know. But I, I just wish I didn't have to learn that one third through my 20-hour campaign.
1: Mm, and I think, actually, if they had said that up front, then that might help people that are struggling a little bit because they're not going to be thinking, oh, I have to keep the slots available for the really good cards. I can just equip my different characters with things and they will be more effective at challenges that I'm struggling with. Well, that's the thing.
0: That's what I was talking about when I said like, you know, the game doesn't do a great job of like teaching people yeah, right. through play
1: right how yes.
0: you're meant to play this game because what it's doing is it's basically saying oh, by the way, you just played a third of this game and we're going to wipe your progress. Mm. And then what that teaches me is that I don't want to upgrade my characters at all. But mm. you can't. You have to because... Or you
1: have to use XP to do it rather than...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because those are permanent, right? right? And you're not going to lose them. But actually, no, you should always yeah. equip your characters with ability cards as soon as possible. Mm. Your, your command tokens as... Anytime you have any spare, just put yeah. them on your characters so they're good at challenges and yeah. they can actually, you know, surmount. Because those that is goals. the bread and
1: butter of the of the story.
0: Yeah, right. Like that's that's how you succeed the story has how you get the best rewards mm. and and have to do the least damage mitigation mm. right
1: yeah there is that kind of reward system it's it's really quite strange like the better you do the better you do. Mm. do you know what i mean and and there's you're right it doesn't teach you that that is the case
0: yeah so um and again i'm being i'm being quite critical here but uh out of love not out of you know right, disappointment yeah. like yeah. there's there's so much of the game that is strong that i was able to look past that and go I wish this wasn't like that, but I'm so much enjoying the rest of it that mm. I, I can sort of put up with that mm. and go, you know what? It's fine. And honestly, after a couple of rounds, I forgot that. That was a thing. <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, I I sunk into this new groove of the game and went, okay, this is how we're playing now. And just went forward with that.
1: Yeah, the talking of of that kind of looking at the mechanisms, um, looking at the workings behind the curtain. I I think yeah, there was one particular time when we did something in the story where there was either the the challenge was either um, use strength and fight the thing Mm-mm. or try and use um I think it was perception or or something to talk to it. Yeah. And we tried to talk to it. And we we spent ages like trying to buff our characters and make sure there was like three characters that were adding to this skill so that mm-hmm. we would definitely pass it and blah blah blah. It was really hard. Because it right? was really hard. It was
0: like something 10 or it something like a, that? Yeah.
1: yeah, huge. And then um the story went, oh you have to fight them anyway. Yeah. And I thought, okay, like we, like we've done the challenge. Like, why are you doing this to a story? Because mm-hmm. we've just spent ages trying to work this out. That
0: is very much exception to the rule. I know, rather no, than very the rule. Yeah, but yeah. Well,
1: yeah, but again, like we've only scratched the surface of what is in this mm-hmm. storybook. So, and again, like you said, you know, we're doing this out of love, not out of resentment. Resentment yeah. for the game. We we very much enjoyed it, and it was few and far between the times that we went Ugh, at this game. But the majority of the story was very. Very, very good. And we really enjoyed it. So when things like this... I mean, it's
0: not going to win the Man Booker Prize. Oh, no, okay. Sorry. It's still a board game story. It was
1: very enjoyable. Sorry, goodness me. I just don't want to
0: oversell it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So when things like that did happen, you kind of went ah, is this out of character for this game or did we just get lucky? I know what you mean. And we discovered really good, when I say really good parts of the story, I mean really exciting challenges or really interesting arcs to the different character stories or different character abilities or whatever. And it did make me question, oh, does the game have more of this kind of thing in it? But we haven't just discovered it yet.
0: Mm. so another thing I want to touch on is the ending Uh, so (laughs) not the ending per se specifically in terms of story I'm I'm definitely no No, matter how spoilery this is I'm (laughs) I'm not spoiling the ending of the story I'm just going to say that it concludes Mm -hmm. uh, it concludes the 13 or 12 different endings or Mm -hmm. something like that based on your choices yep. uh, through the course of the campaign and at the end of the campaign, mm. they congeal into one.
1: We're not going to spoil like anything yeah. major, no, yeah. No,
0: but yeah, but your something very definitive happens yes. at the end, and also be prepared for it, right? Yeah. It's not just going to be a whimper; it's going to be a bang. It is, and then there were because of the nature of the ending, where it's like following multiple scripts. I almost. Felt like those scripts were glitchy, but they weren't. Uh, because I emailed uh, designer Ryan Walker and said...
1: <laughs> is this supposed to happen?
0: <laughs> and it turns out, yes. But it, it felt like very absolutist in terms of like, well, this is just this vision for this character okay uh, it didn't gel with how we no. saw th- those characters but no you know that's not for me to say or anything like that that's that's the it, author's it, prerogative right
1: it was a bit of a shock yeah um, but it, it did feel like a definite cut off
0: yeah like that it was an ending right
1: <laughs> it was an ending yeah. yeah 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 um and and that was a bit of anathema to the rest of yeah. how the story flowed in the rest well, of the, the game. Well,
0: there, there's something to be said about ending campaign games. And I, I imagine it's incredibly difficult. But because we knew the ending was approaching, because of the number of event mm. cards that were left, <laughs> yes. there was almost a sort of like like you're you're easing into a goodbye and things calmed down a little. Like our last few turns, we didn't do much. Mm. We, we just sort of like felt like we were saying, you know... Once again, goodbye to these characters, mm. and and then it erupted, <laughs> um, yeah. as it should, I guess, and 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 then after that, it it does end, and that's where it feels weird because um, so one of the things we mentioned again in the video is that we we experienced I don't know about. 20% of the quests mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know in this game and some of the quests the way they work basically each quest gives you a keyword and then when you interact with the story somewhere it will ask you do you have this keyword if yes then you 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 can interact with a different element of the story yeah. and then th- that quest sort of and continues. That's, that's
1: super interesting.
0: Yeah or sometimes those quests are just a card that says you did this thing and then you know. But you know, it gives
1: that, you another keyword. It's, it's
0: like a, yeah it's like a mark that keyword is like a mark yeah. on you that you have done this yeah. and something might happen in the future that might trigger off of that yeah. right so that's nice and that works well better than in Tainted Grail I think because it's less clunky and just more clear you mm-hmm. can set these cards off to the side just you know look at keywords whatever one comes up you know you go oh okay you know it made, it made sense and then you know, we felt like we explored a little bit of this game, and then it ended, and then if we want to play it again, we have to start it from the beginning. And so what the cadence of the game is you're trying to collect these totems, right? Yeah. And we collected some. I, an amount, right? And they're not just, like, a th- MacGuffin. They're also, like, a thing that, you know, gives you various abilities and boons. And they could be... I, I'm not going to say what they are. But, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, they're they're things. They're tangible, right? And I felt like I just wanted to continue the story. And, and I saw some comments, uh, you know, that, that were touching on that. Saying, like, I wish, like, I didn't have to stop here, you know? Uh, I wish we could, there was some sort of an, like to use board game jargon, or game jargon, you know, endless mode, where, yeah. okay, tone us down again, trim our abilities again, yeah. but like, give Let's us a continue. way to follow up the quests that we started, but haven't had quite time to finish. Uh, you know, threads that we've stumbled upon but instead we just have to start from the beginning and sometimes you know if i know there's like a really good item somewhere that i really need that's really gonna you know mechanically help the game i'm gonna go and do the same story again i kind of don't want to do that you know i I wish there was a way to just keep playing and and just like ryan had added an easy mode you know post-production of the game i wish there was an endless mode yeah you know said
1: yeah "Yeah, i completely agree
0: go you know
1: It's, it's like with the the books that mm-hmm. you were saying about in the review, you know, or in the history part of the that video, like if you fail, you don't start at the beginning again. If you, mm-hmm. if, you if you have a choice of two options and you go to one and you die, you're not going to go all the way back to the beginning and start the story all over again. You're going to go back to that page <laughs> and choose the other option, and and this kind of has suffers from that same same feeling of oh no, I have to do it all over again. And, and I wish also that you could pick up from a point and continue. So, um, I want it to be a series rather than, you know, a, a film, I guess, yeah. Is what right? I'm
0: saying. right? Yeah. Uh, so to add to that, there is something that does that, mm. which we can't speak on because we haven't actually seen. So mm-hmm. um, there are quests mm-hmm. uh, that you unlock uh, mm. after you finish the campaign yeah. that you have from the very get-go right. in all future campaigns. Right. And the more you unlock, the more of these quests get added to your repertoire. So there are different new threads to follow on and sort of onboard you, I guess. I don't know how well they work. I don't know what they are. Because
1: we haven't tried it.
0: But we will on Mm. Twitch. uh, We will, .tv slash no pun included
1: where we're going to (laughs) be
0: Playing more Sleeping Gods as yeah. a campaign, and you can join in and follow along. We haven't announced when yet, but you know, keep an eye the on thing our is, social like, media.
1: I think uh, why it feels so deflating to have to start again is because you spend so much. It, it's a good thing, right? Like, it's not mm. a negative thing. Finality's
0: you, not bad. You've right, spent yeah.
1: all this time with these characters. You know, I've spent like. A, a day of my life, effectively, like nonstop with these characters. Without I sleep. sleep. Uh, without sleep. With these these people um and I've got to know them and I've got to know what they're good at and what they can do and can't do and how, you know, they're reacting to various situations that are happening and then suddenly it's like they've got amnesia, you know, or <laughs> yeah, I've yeah, got yeah, amnesia yeah. and I don't remember who they are.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to, to playing a different distribution of characters, you know, so that like my... My cast is going to be different this time yeah. around, you know, yeah. and maybe I'll get to know some of the different characters yeah. uh, that, that I didn't. And, and I say no more like less in the story sense. So we haven't encountered a lot that actually develops the characters no. in terms of story, but some things do happen, yeah. right? But, but there, there is some development. There is some interaction between some characters and some specific quests and there are some really cool quests. Um, There are some really, really neat quests. I, I particularly like the quest where you encounter a ship that looks a lot like yours. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say more about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But that went into cool territories. <laughs> yeah. And I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I like that too. I don't yeah. know what my favourite quest was. I don't think I had one. I think the zoo. I enjoyed that a lot.
0: The zoo was fun. Uh, but I think you enjoyed it just because it was the zoo. Yeah,
1: probably. I,
0: I quite... Uh, I quite like the one with the scorpion venom and that's all uh-huh. I'm gonna say about that. Uh-huh. That was that uh-huh. was a particularly like crippling quest chain that made me feel like, oh, oh okay this, it's, this game is not as simple as it pretends to be, mm-hmm, you know? Like, mm-hmm. there's more going on under the hood here.
1: What, what I did quite like was that when you do go to a quest location, you can do everything in that quest location. You don't have to choose. So... In, you, in a city. In a city. Like, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. in a city, yeah. So... So if the city says you can go and speak to Mr. Smith or you can Mm. go and explore the city, you can go and explore the city and then you can come back and speak to Mr. Smith. I like that a lot, that there's not, restriction in that sense mm.
0: i like that there's so much to do when you go to a city like this there's, there's so many things that it opens up and unlocks mm. that you go i can't do all of this mm. i have to like pick something mm. like one of these threads and just like follow it through
1: oh it's like a tree you yeah, know? Like yeah this yeah. thread leads to these two threads and these two threads lead to these four threads and blah 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 yeah exactly
0: right and and then next time i'm playing when i'm back at that city i we might, might just, check out something else yeah, yeah. go and do different do a fr- different thing there was there was a thing in in one of the cities that's directly to the uh to the very west of the starting location uh-huh. that i there was something very daunting and intimidating that i felt like <laughs> uh-huh. oh i don't want to just do this quite yet uh because it feels like we're not ready because we encountered it fairly early in yeah. the story we unlocked it fairly early right. in the story and i thought we'll have to come back to this but we never did no so i feel like like seeing what the hell happens there is going to be really interesting the second time we play
1: oh the the other thing i i guess that is is not really spoilery i i guess but some occasionally it was a little bit frustrating like the directions of the quest so you know a quest might say uh you need to visit this village in the west right right, or by a boulder and you were like what boulder does it mean? Because there's right? 5,000 different there's boulders. there's 5,000 boulders. And there's 5,000 different villages in the West. Yeah. Like, which one do I go to? And while... Well, we found the boulder. While it's... <laughs> we did eventually find the boulder. But while it's interesting that you are discovering different quests while you're trying to find this particular boulder, it can be a little frustrating that you can't find that boulder.
0: Yeah. Right? Yeah, and yeah. you
1: just want to do this quest.
0: The directions are very vague that you are given. And sometimes yeah. they'll say, like, east. And actually, they don't mean east at all.
1: No, they yeah. mean south. <laughs> yeah. Right?
0: And I I, thought, I found that part obtuse. There is one quest mm. that is so so at fault for this
1: was uh, it the man one yeah the, the man in the, the on his own
0: let's yeah let's not yeah um I'm
1: trying to be as vague as I can yeah about that, oh
0: my word did I hate finding
1: yeah me too and I got obsessed with the that. thing and I the, I got so obsessed with that and when we didn't we even have, find it we have to do this because this sounds incredibly interesting and I think that was the frustrating part of it not yeah. not that we you know traveled around finding other things but that I really wanted a do this because it sounded so interesting and i we just couldn't find it
0: we We, we never found it maybe we'll find it on a second place and
1: then like we ended up with this kind of timed quest Almost, you know the one I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah. So we had to do that, and had to. ah sp- oh, so that was a little bit frustrating. But I don't know. I'm making it sound more negative than it was because yeah. we we still had a brilliant time doing all of that.
0: Yeah, I I, I think we're pulling out in the spoilers, but we're pulling out all, all the all the <laughs> critique that that was like weighing on us, <laughs> and like we we really liked this game. We wish these things were not in it. The time um, quest
1: I really liked actually. I, really? I don't know why, but it was I,
0: just I I like so many of the quests they they felt like you know like some of them were pretty simple like go go get this thing do that and you'll be fine and there was there was this one quest that was like you know like a test of our goodwill yeah and I felt like my goodwill was actually tested (laughs) and I was like oh wow I succeeded because I'm a good person I guess that's new (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, it actually you know like uh, where where like Etherfield said and it's a game that tests your emotional intelligence. I can't say that with a straight face. <laughs> I felt like this game at least touched a little bit on that. You know, there was a little bit of like your but testing your emotional intelligence. It did intelligence. it by showing
1: you, not by telling you. Yeah,
0: it wasn't yeah. tricks again. No. You know. it was just like
1: you know. Well, here's the thing,
0: right? Are you this? Mm. Yeah. All right. Okay. Have we exhausted our well of sleeping gods?
1: I hope we haven't because um, we'll be doing it on Twitch.
0: Yeah. Stick around on our social media for the announcement. Uh, we will be streaming it. Or oh, you can just go to twitch.tv slash no pun included and hit the follow button.
1: Yeah. And, yeah.
0: and you'll get an email. Uh, no,
1: not an email. You
0: do get an email. Who gets
1: emails these days? If,
0: if you set up your, <laughs> your Twitch to get email alerts oh, okay. when, when your favorite streamer is streaming... Or better yet, notifications on your phone, so uh-huh. like it bleeps at you. Yeah. There you go. You will know when wow. we are streaming. So that's, uh, that's definitely one thing to do. Another thing to do is to go to nopunincluded.com slash podcast and listen to some more of the episodes of the No Pun Included podcast. And the third thing to do is to go to youtube.com slash nopunincluded and watch some of our videos. Because, if you want. Because I think they're pretty good. And with that... We've come to the end of our discussion on sleeping gods. You can also leave a comment on nopointincluded.com podcast and find the relevant episode and leave a comment there. Why don't you say goodbye, Elaine?
1: Goodbye, Elaine.
0: Goodbye, Elaine.